Hello and welcome back to the Brand Matters Podcast. I'm Josh Ong, your host. Today I'd like to talk about how no branding is actually the new branding. And this is based on an article I wrote for the Forbes Communications Council titled Millennials and the Reverse Branding Trend. And what I mean by no branding is there's a movement among a small group of consumer-focused brands to eschew the traditional really eye-popping branding on products and commit to a certain minimalism in their branding and their products as a selling point for their brand. And while this seems counterintuitive to traditional branding, where you think of really wanting your customers to help you promote your products, you know, wear those Nike shoes and people see Nike and they think Nike's cool and they, they buy Nike and it's a virtuous cycle. What I'm seeing is that in many ways, brands are responding to some of the fatigue that customers have about the overabundance of advertising in this world, the hyper-consumerism and hyper-commercialism that, that goes into how we buy our products. And so young people like millennials are responding away from brands and actually expressing interest in like a negative branding or, or a lack of branding. One example of this is the Public Goods Kickstarter project by Morgan Hirsch. This is a Brooklyn-based company that crowdfunded earlier this year and was planning to raise $20,000 and raised over $680,000. And I think that reflects how much what this brand was trying to do really spoke to consumers. The way public goods works, it's creating really standard but ethically sourced everyday goods around your house. For instance, uh, toothpaste and a toothbrush, hand soap, shampoo, razors, shaving cream. And the interesting thing is rather than having a really attractive bottle or branding, pretty much all the packaging is just straight white and a bold black font with the name of the product. It's very boring, but it speaks to the minimalist aesthetic. After all, I think we're asking ourselves for for a lot of products, why do we need loyalty for a certain type of toothpaste? Why do I need to be a Crest versus a Colgate person? I like Meyer's hand soap, and the packaging actually doesn't really bother me. But when I think about it, why do I need to have a, a hand soap loyalty? And so Public Goods is aiming to save consumers money by skipping those marketing costs, skipping the brand building, and making the lack of a brand one of the values to uh, why you want to buy this product. And there's a few advantages. One is since it goes straight from the factory to you instead of going from a factory to a brand to a distributor to a retailer and then to you. The goal for Public Goods is not to make profit off the individual products they sell to you, but actually just charge a membership fee and then sell it direct to you. It's almost like the the Costco wholesale membership where you get something like a Kirkland Signature brand, and it's the brand doesn't really mean anything other than Costco found a cheaper way to get it to you, whether it's working directly with the producer or maybe even producing it themselves. So even though visually speaking, the branding for these products is non-existent, that doesn't mean that there isn't a brand here. For instance, Public Goods is still telling a story about how natural their products are. The direct from factory to consumer model is itself a branding story that is meant to capture consumer interest. So if you're running a brand, I'm not advising you just to get rid of all your packaging and your visuals and go the minimalist route, but I think you may find that you make a product that people are interested in having an alternative story for, a story that's more focused on ethical sourcing, natural ingredients, and cheaper prices and direct to consumer rather than the highly produced alternative stories coming from competing brands. 
Another example of a non-branding brand is a company that's quite literally called Brandless. And this is a more of a grocery and food item company that is selling you non-branded items for a flat $3 fee. So the idea is you go on brandless.com and every anything you buy is $3, whether it's an organic blueberry muffin baking mix or it's maple syrup or it's tomato basil pasta sauce. Each of these items is, is priced and packaged at $3. Uh, they're offering like vegan items or no added sugar. There's kosher, gluten-free, non-GMO, certified organic, all these different types of products that you can get. And Brandless really is reminiscent of companies like Trader Joe's, which, you know, sells these non-branded products, even if they come from brands that you already know, they're just packaged like a Trader Joe's brand, and they're meant to be cheaper. Or even like an Ikea, where a lot of the Ikea products are just packaged and named very simply, and, and even their household goods are, are just very similar. So the interesting thing is, if you have these products in your home, when people come over, it's going to look like almost like you're living in this model home or a a movie set where your products just have the names on them but aren't identified by any specific company. But again, I think we have to ask ourselves, what's the value in brand loyalty for specific products? And the truth is, look, people are still going to care about the brand that's on their phone, the brand that's on their t-shirt. These are things that matter, although there are t-shirts now without branding. But at the same time, consumers are now very cost conscious. They're also very sourcing conscious, so they want to make sure that brands are being responsible. Millennials are becoming very attention conscious. What I mean is that sometimes there's so many other things to worry about in life that we don't want to have to think about, okay, where did my flower come from? How do I get it? Now with things like online purchasing and automatic orders and cheap shipping, it's quite easy just to have the goods that we need delivered to us without having to think too much about it. And so the flat pricing, the cheap packaging, the standardized portion sizes, these are all ways for a brand to address those needs for consumers. And it's not going to be for everyone. Uh, you may find that some of these products are just too generic and, and not really special enough. Like, let's say you were using cocoa powder and you want the really high-end cocoa powder because you know it's going to make a difference. But for something like aluminum foil, how important is it to you to get something that's a special heavy-duty brand? The third example for a non-branding type of brand is actually quite different from the first two. And this is a luxury consumer goods brand called Common Projects. And they make designer shoes for men and women. And they've steered away from the really flashy branding that sometimes comes from the uh, sneaker and shoe market and instead stamp like a serial code on the side of the shoe but it's still a shoe that's going for over $200 and Common Project says that they're inspired by the lines and shapes of everyday objects around your house and your life so the move toward minimalism the move toward removing some of the branding and going with more of a clean profile or or clean look isn't just a low-end, budget-conscious trend. There are high-end brands that have decided they have the confidence as a brand to not have to stick their logo and branding all over the product and package, and they can let the lack of branding be a selling point and a cachet for their product. So what's the takeaway for us as marketers when we think about this trend of non-branding? I think I'd go back to really reminding us that every element of our brand, especially today, needs to be thoughtful and needs to tell a story. And so if you're a, a brand like Supreme where putting your logo on anything adds value to your customers, then 
That's the story you're going to tell. And for other companies, they're realizing that they can meet their customers' needs in other more subdued ways. And I think some of it comes down to speaking to our generation's desire to have corporations and brands be ethical. And that's pushback from the past when corporations were seen as soulless and not having any reason to be ethical. When you think about how to brand your product, you need to think about sourcing and environmental responsibility and friendliness. You need to think about how you treat the workers that make your product, how they're paid within the supply chain. And you need to think about pricing too, where there's a set of consumers that have become very price sensitive. And so you may want to tell a story that you are more affordable instead of pushing the luxury route of charging extra to be a special brand. And other values can be giving back to the community, promoting a minimalist design ethos, and simplifying people's lives. Every brand still needs to find a way to stand out. But I want us to think about how when we make intentional branding choices, whether that's logo placement and packaging, or it's uh, advertising campaigns and retail presentation, we have to think about how to dignify our customers' time. So rather than trying to manipulate them into buying something, we want to start with acknowledging their human worth and saying, your time is valuable, your money is valuable, you work hard for your resources, and our story and our values align with you as a customer, and we want to give you the dignity of an honorable transaction. I know no branding being the new brand is, is a little bit cheeky. It's kind of a funny topic, but keep an eye out for it and look for ways that brands are becoming more minimalist and uh, relying more on the backstory rather than aggressive visual cues to communicate their brand and to sell their products. Thanks again for listening. I'm Josh Ong, your host, and this episode has been produced by Sebastian Liu.